welcome to the Uncapped Podcast. This is episode 38 with Waverly Brewing Company. I'm your host, Chris Sands. In studio, we have Greg Lee and Roy Fisher, co-founders of uh, Waverly. Welcome in, well, guys. Thanks for having us. Hi. So, I want to talk about something you mentioned real quick, where you uh, said you used to work in radio. Uh, well, <laughs> I put you right on the spot. On. Since yeah. you're, I figured it'd be easy to since you're not quite awake yet. I went to a, I went to a Towson State University at the time, now known as Towson University. So I'll date myself. It's WTMD now, has a little bit more broadcasting power. But I worked on a WCBT where it was a, a little more free form, a little more student run, and uh, I helped with a couple of radio shows back there. And, took classes for my radio voice (laughs) (laughs) so i i could probably take some hints from that too maybe you can stay afterwards and teach me how to absolutely speak speak in a way that people aren't annoyed by (laughs) so uh waverly's been in existence for six years no 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 uh we'll be two years in november where did i get six yeah as i Fingers crossed. I look at so many different <laughs> places. I, someone else must have been having a sixth anniversary. Sixth anniversary oh, there's across the street. Union just had their fifth. Yeah, they had their fifth. Monoxy yeah, Brewing just had yeah. their fifth. I think Burley's just turning six, maybe. Man, uh, that's what it was. It was. Yeah. I was looking at the can releases for Burley at the same time that I was reading up a little bit on you guys. So Hi, two guys. years. Hey, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we know you did a little bit of radio before deciding to open a brewery. Um, what, what else took place in between that time? Way before college, I started, uh, I actually, my, my day job to get me through college, I worked in a bookstore and, uh, I tried to keep the most bizarre and, um, out of the box books in stock. And one of those books was, uh, Charlie Papazian's, um, Joy of Homebrewing. And I wrote it, read it cover to cover along with, uh, we had the Foxfire series. And if you don't have it on your shelves, go out and get it. It's amazing, like Appalachian uh, folk stuff, for lack of a better. <laughs> Things. Things. And uh, one, of the, one of the best quotes out of that is, you can make alcohol from anything but a rock. And uh, it's always stuck with me. And have my, you accepted that challenge? I have. No, I haven't. Ex- I haven't gone that far. Depending on the rock, we might find some good stuff along the Jones Falls. But um, I, I loved it. It was simple recipes for beer and wine. There was a dandelion beer in there. There was like plum wine, and uh, uh, a buddy and mine. Um, we took on the challenge of making beer in each other's basements. Beer and wine. So you started home brewing and in high making, making your own <laughs> wine. I'm sure you didn't try it until you no. were 21. No, we were pretty popular but... with the uh, with the punk rock girls back then. <laughs> so, um, so then you've been into brewing for quite some time. Yes, it not wasn't... to call you old, but I'm old. <laughs> Greg will remind me of that every day. <laughs> At least you have someone around to help you with that. My wife also likes to remind me that I'm old. <laughs> so after you got out of, what did you go to college for? Uh, communications with a uh, film and broadcasting concentration. Did you do anything with that? or I learned. You're looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> All of that prepared you for this moment. I learned how to splice eight millimeter film together, which is a lost art. So yeah, <laughs> and uh, and write. So my minor was English. So I pretty much uh, got into advertising. That was my day job, and eventually quality assurance. So um, I got to write ad copy and proofread and all of that radio voice stuff <laughs> went behind me so what about you greg or do you prefer dragon dragon, dragon just okay. for just for even just. though i was told by graham <laughs> we, we have a we have several podcasts at the newspaper and graham usually gives us directions beforehand the things he doesn't want us to say or do and it's always ignored and we pr- we promptly do <laughs> exactly uh, exactly what he said so 
this one I was told not to say inside no jokes. Inside jokes. <laughs> and so, Dragon, what? Um, <laughs> how, how did you get into brewing, and what were you doing before Waverly? Um, let's see. How I got into brewing, I uh, was 97. I was a 21-year-old kid uh, working the door at the Brewer's Art uh, down on Charles Street. And weirdly enough, uh, Chris Cashel, hey, Chris, uh, he was the head brewer at the time. He needed to get a hernia taken care of. And uh, I was like, hey, man, you're, you're a pretty big fella. Can you lift stuff? I was like, <laughs> Absolutely, you know, and uh, so he's like, "Hey, you want to help me out? You want to you want to learn how to do this?" And uh, I was like, ap, ap, "I mean, I'm 20 21, 22 years old. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would love to uh, uh, learn how to how to make what I enjoy so much." And uh, yeah, so I, I was working the door, and then I would come in in the morning, and I would help Chris, and uh, worked with him for a few years, and then I moved on from there and worked for uh, Mike McDonald, who. At that point, was at Red Brick Station. Uh, he just opened up Key about the same time we opened up Waverly. Uh, at the same time working for him, I worked at Sisson's uh, under a fellow Chris Rusco, who's now, hey, Rusco, uh, down at uh, Denison's. Um, and then I took a couple of years and bartended uh, for a while. Uh, worked for uh, John Bates over at the Baltimore Tap House. Uh, learned even more about, you know, uh, beer and then Barrett uh, got the head brewing job at DeGrowens, uh, the old Baltimore Brewing Company, and he called me up. And then I went and uh, worked for, uh, for him at uh, DeGrowens for a few years. And then they, they sold and closed, and uh, then I, I went back and uh, bartended. And then I ran into uh, one of our other uh, partners, Al and uh, Roy, at a ween show when their band got back together to open up for Dean Ween at the Auto Bar. And I was like, hey, guys, I haven't seen you forever. Uh, I mean, Al's mom taught me social studies at Immaculate Heart of Mary, <laughs> you know. So it, we're going a little far back. Um, they're like, "Hey, we're getting a, we're getting this brewery together." And I was like, "I, I've got a little experience. Uh, I've worked at a few. If you guys need anything, you know, let me know." So I, I got a call when uh, the equipment showed up. Once again, being a big guy it helps out, and uh, and yeah, I, I've you know, I've I've been married to Roy at work ever since. Oh, that's a beautiful love story. So, <laughs> so Roy, how how did you decide that you were going to open it? So was it you and your other partner that became with the the initial idea to open Waverly? Yeah, a buddy of mine. We used to brew um, every weekend, sometimes more, or twice a weekend and once during the week, which promptly led to my divorce. And uh, <laughs> um, we we uh, our kits kept getting bigger. Um, our homebrew kits kept getting larger. Our batches kept getting bigger. And at the time, uh, I was also doing a competition barbecue. So we would kind of like uh, spend 10 hours a day smoking something. Huh. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and it might have been a pork butt or a brisket, but you know, we'd get together and try a new recipe. Um, and like... 50 to 75 people would show up at this little house in in northwest baltimore and we'd uh drink and eat and um entered competitions uh i took the bjcp class um sensory panels all that stuff trying to just get better at tasting beer and knowing what good beer tastes like picking out flaws in beer and um before I knew it, um, a couple of friends said maybe we should um, maybe we should do this for a living. And of course, you know, why why not live your hobby? Um, and it it took two or three years to make it the planning process and what equipment we were going to get, how big we were going to be. But really, I just wanted to make a place where. Uh, friends and family can get together and, and have an interesting pint of beer. How, how difficult was it to open? Like regulatory types of issues, permitting and licensing. Is it difficult in, is that Baltimore County? City. In, so you're in the actual city <clears throat> still. Is it difficult to open a brewery in Baltimore City or are they supportive of breweries opening? A little bit of both. Um, it was hard. Uh, there was a lot of regulatory hoops to jump through. Um, the planning was difficult. The feds are easy. It's the state 
and the city that that I think uh, was a lot of the mud that we had to tread through. And so was it, you said took two years, was it a lot of that just constantly having to deal with yep. paperwork? Stru- like You summed is- it up perfectly. <laughs> Honestly, like everybody said, you know, it uh, it'll take twice as long and cost twice as much. Yeah, so that so make sure you have a lot of patience and money. Yeah. If you if you yes, if you're that thinking was, about that was the third part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and yeah. effort. Yeah. Yeah. The the hours, uh, the dollars, and the the yeah. I mean, it. There's plenty of times where we were putting very long hours in, and you're like, it, it, it's going to end. Eventually, we're going to open. Eventually, we're going to be brewing and not just, you know, setting up to Someday brew. Someday we'll eventually. get to do what we actually wanted to do with this venture. Uh, oh, we wore all sorts of hats in the beginning. Plumbers, electrician-ish, designer, scrubber, urinal hanger. Uh, you know, you do everything. So uh, it was it was a pleasure once, you know, we had the kit up and running and, you know, uh, pushing water around for the first time was uh, was an awesome, awesome feeling. So where did um, the name come from? So um, we tried to be as local as possible because most of us um, were born and bred in Baltimore. Um, And one of our founders, uh, Bill, owns a, a tattoo color company. And it's the Waverly Color Company. His nickname in uh, in the tattoo industry is Bill Waverly, so we decided to kind of stick with it. You know, we've got a successful company on one side. Uh, we took a vote, and Waverly stuck. So even though we're not in Waverly proper, which is the old Thirty um, Third Street where Memorial Stadium used to be, um, now I think it's an old folks home or something. YMCA and old folks home. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we, we stuck with Waverly, even though it's a little odd that we're in Hamden being Waverly. But The union had already stolen the name, so you couldn't <laughs> use the, the name of the street you're on. We could have uh, been Clipper Mill, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but we get a lot of, uh, oh, so you're near Peabody Heights? Or we're like, no, no, that's actually, that's actually in Waverly. We, we are Waverly. <laughs> we're, we're, we're Waverly adjacent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're West Waverly. <laughs> Under the Pepsi sign. Yeah. But then people will think we're union too, so <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> so um in the the two years you've you've been open, what has there been any struggles that you have had or did you hit the ground and you were just going? There's always struggles. I mean, last week we had a, a lightning strike. Hit by uh, lightning. Yeah. <laughs> we've, oh man, so we've had. It hit your building? Yeah, and we there lost. There are so many things around you that are way taller. I, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Uh, lots of things, you know, like the. The yeah, Pepsi the, the sign. Pepsi yeah. sign. <laughs> you know, they, the, we lost uh, one of our legs of three phase, lost our motor on our on our glack hall system, and uh yeah, so it was one of those days. It was the end of a crab feast, you know, so we had a crab feast. It was last Thursday. It was pouring down. It was pouring down rain. rain. We were all concerned about that, trying to get people, you know, hey, all right, let's pull that picnic table underneath or, you know, our overhang. And so everybody was good there. And we are like, all right, that was a great event. All right, let's go home. Man, that was a long day. Go like our normal walking out routine is, oh, go check fermentation control panel, check. Looked at it. I was like, wow, where'd all those lights go? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's not what you want to. And so then at that point, you know, you're, I think Roy and I were there for maybe 16, 18 hours at that point. And it's like, all right, call an electrician, <laughs> call somebody. It's luckily we have, you know, friends. Thank you, Bryce. Uh, showed up at two in the morning, one thirty in the morning. Thank you, know. you Colt. Yeah. Thank you, Colt. So were you, were you able to avoid losing any product? Um, <laughs> we lost one batch. Yeah. It, uh, it's, it's difficult. Uh, we had only one in, in primary and, uh, we ended up losing it. So those are some of the things that happen. You know, we've, uh, we've had, we had a bird two different times, take out our, some of our three phase, just crawling around get cross Got, the, yeah, crossed it. Uh, and so there's, you know, it's, uh, that's part of brewing is, you know, if, if everything works how it's supposed to, and man, that's the best day in the world. And you, you don't say, eh, everything's working great. 
if you don't jinx it, you just <laughs> you go with it until the day is it's like all the way pitching over. a no hitter. Yeah, just don't talk about you it. Talk about it at the bar after the game. You know, don't say it until it's done. So yeah, there it's we've had some struggles, you know, in that respect. But uh, but it's been we've been been blessed with a with a, a great response from you know the the local community uh, coming out and supporting us and. We just keep trying to keep up making a beer because we're on a five barrel system. So uh, I don't know if we talked about that yet, but we're no, we haven't. Yeah, we're five barrels, so we make you know nine, maybe ten kegs at a brew. So we're not putting out a, a whole bunch of beer. So I mean, f- that means you brew a lot. You know, you we just keep tanks full. You know, as soon as the tank empties, we're brewing the next day to to fill it up because you just keep up with the uh, the rotation. It seems um, from talking to other brewers that. Having a system that size, though, is both a blessing and a curse. It's hard to keep up, but it affords you the freedom to, if you have some crazy idea in your head, you can go ahead and try it out. And if it didn't, it's if, not it, doesn't, if it doesn't pan out, then it, it's not the worst thing in the world that happened. Yeah, it's not dumping 1,200 barrels. <laughs> you know, it's like if, you, if you're if you doing a, such a large batch i mean you you have a lot of r&d previous you know you're getting things i mean like the beer we're drinking right now uh we released it the last time we saw you and this is the last keg of it so oh that went pretty fast then. that's yeah. that's the good thing about being a small a small kit is that you go through beer really quickly you know you keep beer really really fresh and continually going and and we put we have the availability to put out different beers pretty regularly because we're brewing really consistently <laughs> So do, do you go all over the place with the styles and what you're brewing? What, do you... Yeah, I think that's it affords us the ability to experiment. Um, you know, we'll keep about four or five stable um, brews in the house. You know, you, get, you got your easy drinking gold. You got your IPA. Um, we've got pale ale, uh, uh, an easy drinking brown and what am I missing and uh, we keep an oyster stout on um, year round which amazingly does great for us whether it's 95 degrees outside or or yeah I um, I didn't try that last week because uh, I mainly drank shelfies beer all night um <laughs> Me but too. there yeah. were there were a lot of people talking like I overheard a lot of conversations talking up how much they love your oyster stout and uh so is there anything unique about yours or is it just a really well done version of it a couple things i'll let greg take that one because uh we ran with it with some friends of ours yeah we uh so we do it it's uh we kind of collab you know we've collabed in the beginning with uh, uh nick from uh the local oyster down at mount vernon marketplace and uh his partner patrick has a true Chesapeake Oyster Company. And so we use all 100% Maryland oysters. Uh, we use skinny dippers. Um, so doing research for it, I was you know, reading and reading about oyster stouts because I, I loved them, never brewed one, and we were like talking back and forth, Roy and I. And I remember uh, <clears throat> reading about it was Hen House Brewing out west, and he's got his oyster stout on the French Laundry's beer list. The beer one list of two is beers. one of seven, seven, <laughs> beer, seven beers. And one of them is, is this fellow's oyster stout. So I was, I was like, hmm. That's the guy <laughs> I want to talk yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. So luckily, you know, I found a couple of local papers he did articles with. And he even in the articles mentioned how you can do this exact beer, but if you did it with Chesapeake Bay oysters, you're going to get a different beer because of the, you know, the terroir or whatever of the oyster itself. And so, I was like, oh, this is just too perfect. I mean, he even mentioned, you know, yeah, the Chesapeake, I have access the Chesapeake Bay. So I kind of followed his lead on, on how he does additions with the oysters. And so uh, we add, uh, it's about a five-gallon bucket of shells, clean shells. Uh, we do that from 15 minutes into 45 minutes in the boil. And then uh, the last 15 minutes, actually, we add an entire bushel of uh, live oysters. Uh, just enough time. All I really want is the transfer of their liquor and the wort, and and I want that brininess to come through um, into the beer itself. And then at the end of the day, Roy and I, you know, in in Tom Eat get all the oysters. Share share a bushel <laughs> of oysters around the table. The wort just like seeps into them. You know, they'll only op- open like maybe an eighth of an inch. You know, so you still kind of either need to like pry them open, yeah. like, or get a screwdriver in there still, but. 
all that sweet wort is inside the oyster shell at the end. So it's almost like a sweet poached, semi-hopped oyster. <laughs> Dip a little That's, of that in a little Old Bay. Oh, it's so mm. good. That's really cool. So, so is good. that is that your favorite brew day? That is that is that is <laughs> it's definitely a bit more work, but it, it's not it, a bad day. It is cleaning five gallons of oyster shells. It, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're like, this is so strange that I'm doing this before <laughs> before a brew day. Uh, so you just have to go through and scrub. Yeah, you just want to get the abductor muscle and and all that. Uh, I learned a good bit about oysters from Nick and Patrick uh, while doing this beer, and uh, we we keep it on at their place too. So that's one. Oh, cool. oh and and we nitrogenate it. That's one thing that I'm really happy with is that we uh we do some some nitrogenated beers, uh, which I totally learned from Mike McDonald. I always have to give him a shout out for that. Thanks, Mike. Uh, yeah, thank you very much. Do you uh, have multiple nitro lines then? No, or, so we've or... done that. We've done a couple of uh, a couple of nitro beers. That's the one that we keep, and we're going to start playing around with. You know, oh, we're going to do maybe a barrel of this beer on uh, nitro, and and so then you can kind of have, so people can try it non nitro and nitro. So you know, it's it's not for everybody the nitro. I adore it. Oh, I love, I love it. But <laughs> I I can't remember where, who I was talking to someone and they were they were talking about how much they hate. IPAs on nitro uh, and I could not agree disagree more I mean I love like uh, flying dogs bloodline on that's nitro exactly what is, I was gonna is amazing in the first it was um hazed and confused from a uh, well, uh, wirebacher uh, no no, no it's, oh, it, God. it's somewhere out someone else out there but that was the first IPA I ever had on nitro I was like this is like just amazing. It's oh, I'm a the, huge fan of the nitro. I'm so just when I I don't know about outside of Frederick, but there's I mean Flying Dog themselves routinely have it on nitro, and then there's a couple bars in town, uh, JoJo's and a couple other places that routinely have Bloodline on nitro. Sweet. And I mean it's just everything about it's awesome. It the mouth feels great. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I don't know how you could dislike an IPA on nitro. Some people, you know, I've, I've had people who are just like, I just don't like nitro at all. Yeah, so, you know, like, the best thing about beer is there's, you know, there's, there's a beer for everyone. Yeah, There's going to be something you're going to like. Yeah. If you haven't found it yet, you will just keep looking. So is, um, uh, the, the majority of the guests we've had on so far have been Frederick based just cause I know a lot of them already. And, um, in a, a very common theme in Frederick breweries is that they're very collaborative, but there's just a lot of teamwork. They help each other out is the Baltimore area the same way. Like if you have a problem, can you call up any of the other breweries and they're more than willing to absolutely. help you? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The community, um, is amazing. You know, we, uh, being real small, you know, so sometimes we, we do need a little help here and there. And so, I mean, I, we, I can't tell you how much unions helped us out. I was going to say, lucky for you, you have a big brother right <laughs> oh, down the Keith. street. I mean, just the, the beer we were just talking about, local oyster stout, every single time we do it, I borrow yeast from Red Brick. I go out and I borrow, you know, Ringwood because we only use it in that, that one beer. So call up Mike, call up Dave. Hey, guys, uh, couldn't be brewing Tuesday. Can I come? And and it's kind of the point now. They're like, Craig, you used to work here. You know where the scale is. You know <laughs> where, do it yourself. You know where the East is. Just tag it. You know, they're <laughs> not a guest anymore. Took it. Yeah, it's like... Without overusing the word, I mean, we have been blessed. I mean, from Peabody Heights to Union to Key to the Brewers Art, we've leaned on these guys Monument. so heavily. Yeah, Monument City. Yep. Um, and yeah, I mean, I assumed that that it was that way because in just from when I was there last Wednesday for the Shelfies release there, I mean, there was a lot of other brewery owners and brewers there that came out to support you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. I, it was a great turnout and uh, it's always, you know, it's, it, it's, it's just awesome. I mean, it's uh, you know, everybody uh, like Tim and Raul from, you know, Gunda and Peabody Heights. Uh, we, yeah, we, we are over there a good bit. You know, we see those guys uh, a, a good bit. Um, Union, right across the street. You can't ask for better neighbors. I mean, yeah. Adam and John. I remember when you know Adam and John used to come to DeGrowens before they opened Union. I mean, I remember <clears throat> seeing them. You know, out when we did uh, bluegrass and stuff. And uh, now to watch, they're yeah five years old. It's just awesome. And now they're making the big move too. And that's even. Yeah, I love the oh. videos that they're making for the Union Collective. Where every time they add a new person, that they they make those short little clips with that company. Uh, the, 
most of those are hilarious. Oh man, yeah, those guys are doing big things. A couple days before their five year anniversary party, I just you know called up Kevin, Kevin Blodger. I was like, I need yeast. <laughs> okay. Did you, were you guys able to make it to their anniversary party? Um, no, I, I was not. Um, we had a celebration for. Uh, for oh, it was at that same a day. good friend, yeah, for John for John Bates, uh, Maryland craft beer pioneer and uh, old school racers uh, bartender, and uh, he unexpectedly passed away a few weeks ago, and so there was a celebration of his life uh, that same Saturday. Uh, or there's no way I would have missed it. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I wanted to go, um, but Monoxy Brewing right here in Frederick also had their fifth year anniversary the same day. So I, I went to that and I had a two year old in tow with me. So I wasn't going to make her endure <laughs> two uh, brewery trips. Also, I don't know how family friendly <laughs> the Union One was. At least uh, uh, Monoxy has a nice outdoor area that she could run around and not wreak havoc on anyone else's good time. <laughs> nice. <laughs> The crazy two-year-olds. Yes. I mean, <laughs> she is absolutely insane. <laughs> Sweet. So what? Uh, what is the, um, of all the experimental or crazy beers you've done, What what's the, what stands out? Which one stands out to you? I think we're both going to say the same thing was the, um, was the last Halloween's Boo Berry beer that we made. Ain't that right, Boo? <laughs> what was that uh so we were talking about it i used to make a beer with a buddy of mine we would pick a breakfast cereal and throw it a lot of it in the mash uh, a lot of it being three boxes maybe in in a uh in a 10 gallon batch or six to ten boxes in a 20 gallon but uh, i told greg about it halloween was coming up and this son of a bitch goes <laughs> out and <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> he to Costco and buys like a pallet worth of booberry. Oh, it's I wagons. mean, not a lot of people know what booberry is. <laughs> well, it's it's place, only released but... around. Exactly. So, was there an article about you guys buying up all of the booberry oh, no. in there? <laughs> no, there was, that would have been awesome. <laughs> I remember seeing some art. There, like there was some brewery that there was an article about them. But maybe it was Count Chocula. Probably. That always yeah. There, like there was around Halloween. There was an article about a brewery. That like in that local area bought up all of a certain breakfast cereal. I had to... a Count Chocula stout at GABF I, last year. Do you and remember it was that? like evil, um, not evil twin. I forget left hand or somebody. Out yeah, there but it was a lot larger than us. We, it was five good. barrels. We're not cornering the market yeah. on any. On <laughs> well, any like it was like it was, they were talking about like in the general area. Gotcha. Of, that they bought up all. of it. That That's was fun. some strange yeah. phone calls, I'll tell you. So, <laughs> calling grocery store after grocery store. So, do you have blueberry cereal? No, no, we don't. Do you, n- do you know if you're going to get it in? <laughs> I, I need finally a lot get, of it. Oh, I finally call Wegmans, and they're like, what do you mean by a lot? I was like, like 60, 80 boxes. A woman looked at me like, do you own a hotel? Do you, are you having She's a party? really hungry. Like, I'm a big guy. Can yeah. Stuff? <laughs> then, and then the morning, I remember it was mashing in, and I'm sitting there cutting the cutting the bags open, like, this is ridiculous. Like what, what we're doing right here is just, <laughs> is just ridiculous. One after the other and it tossing the boxes. And at the end, it's just a gigantic mound of booberry boxes. But that was one that we nitrogenated some of. I did a nitro boo, uh, which was, which was, it was a gray to purple cascade from all the, uh, FDNC blue. So was it good? In there. It, it was it, good. It was pretty tasty. It was do a it again? strange a, beer. I, I think we're gonna, a, we're gonna we're gonna see. It's the season's coming up here soon, and we have to come out and get some if you do. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> it had a bit of uh, since blueberry the, the the chunks the cereal part of it are actually like corn, so it had like a, a cream ale kind of like uh, back note to it. But yeah, the uh, the marshmallows which are just <laughs> purple sugar they just disintegrate right they disintegrated yeah. into a gray sludge <laughs> <laughs> that was one we made and the next day doing gravities uh, i looked at roy and was like so when you did this at home did it did it look, do did it look like that <laughs> i was like oh man please and then uh yeah then it ended up clearing up pretty good and we did uh we dosed it with 88 pounds of uh real uh, blueberries organ organ fruit products uh their antiseptic fruit puree and uh it was tasty i mean it was uh crazy you know uh the weirdest thing in the world was mash in and then 
where did that mash go? It's like, oh, it it all half of it disintegrated. <laughs> so just, did you replace the like the entire? No, it was oh. it was, man, it was. I mean, sixty. It was it was like eighty pounds, I think. I mean, it was it was a tr- so it was maybe a third of the mash. Like, it was so it's it was a decent um, replaced a decent amount of the grain bill. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, it wasn't like a little, you know, because I remember when Roy said, you know, we use like two, three boxes, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a math, you know, I'm a math guy, and so I was like, oh well, I do the math. Well, that's gonna take about sixty-seven boxes, you know, if we're gonna do, <laughs> if we're gonna do a five-barrel, you know, batch of it. Like, no, no, we'll just like, oh no, no, we're it's doing math, this right? It's math. <laughs> we're gonna make it what you made it like at home, so we're gonna do it. And that was, yeah, that was definitely that was a weird one, and it was purple. It was, it was. Good for Ravens. Please, no. Uh, it's nothing good for the Ravens. Um, Are we going to talk football? <laughs> well, I mean, we can if we want to, because another common thing, theme is to do things that anger Graham, and the Ravens did beat <laughs> did beat the Redskins last are, night. Are we in Redskin territory now? Uh, well, no. Fre- Frederick is probably almost divided in thirds with a little dosing of um, Eagles fans, but we'll just completely ignore them. <laughs> yeah. um, there's a very large population of Pittsburgh transplants in this general mm, sorry, area. Sorry to hear. No, that's, I mean, those are, those are the people who have brought their intelligence here and <laughs> continue to root for the Steelers. My, my <laughs> so buddy they're... just married one of them. So yeah, he's a good man. Hi, Laura. <laughs> so, so it's, it, it's maybe a, skews a little bit more towards Redskins and Ravens, but then there's definitely a lot of um, Steelers fans oh, in this general area. That's tough. Well, someone's got to root for the winners. <laughs> This is going to be a long day. <laughs> so, and actually, every time I look at you, I want to laugh because I watched this morning a clip from Hard Knocks with, with the Titans, and I'm not sure who one of their linemen showed up at camp and like went through their first walkthrough wearing overalls, nothing but overalls that were cut off as shorts. Oh, that's <laughs> so. I think he's got it. May be a new look for that's, you. Oh no, you it's, do it's oh, we've, I've, I've cut them off as soon as it. What was that day? It was like fifty. Yeah, the it was like I think I saw it was like one hundred and thirty-one in the brewery, and I was like, oh, "Grab me the scissors. I'm cutting these off <laughs> as I wear them." <laughs> and so uh, I do have one uh, one pair of the cut off. I guess I don't know. You call them a romper. Call it whatever you want. I. uh <laughs> I just, I just call it a breeze. I mean, it, <laughs> tell you, it gets warm in the brewery. You know, it gets, it gets very warm. And well, uh, it, well, I mean, it wasn't even hot out last Wednesday, and it was really hot in the brewery. Oh yeah, yeah. People were like, "Oh, I mean, I bet you it gets a little hot." I'm like, "No, no." I mean, it gets it's like sauna as, hot. <laughs> as serious as a face that I can put yeah. on. Like, no, it gets hot. <laughs> I mean, our desk is right next to you know the the boiler, uh, which is right next to a couple hundred gallons of boiling. Liquid. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things producing heat in a brewery. Uh, the best was uh, was that last summer they blend. It was either early this summer or last summer when it was like 98 degrees for what seemed to be yeah, three and a half years. Summer, just the beginning of the summer. We had a tour come back. I was like, "What is on fire? What is that?" Like, "No, no, that's a cloud." There was a cloud <laughs> in the brewery because there's so much moisture. And we had it's so hot back here, and then the tap room we keep it like 65 degrees. And when the door was open, the two weather masses <laughs> created an interior cloud. That's hilarious. We, um, when we first moved into this building, uh, we've been in our new building for nine or so years. <clears throat> in the area where the plates are made to that transfer the ink onto the paper, mm-hmm. it, it has to be very. There's a narrow margin for the humidity for in there, so that plates don't stick and static and all that stuff. In some genius bought these misters that are mainly used at water, like amusement parks. You know, if you're standing in a long oh, yeah. line, they, oh, yeah. that's what they bought to control the humidity in that room. They turned them on and it was the same thing. It was like walking into a complete fog. Rainforest. Yeah. Oh yeah. We don't have those. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> those were, those were moved pretty quickly. <laughs> I wish, I wish it was just misters <laughs> for us. We, no, I think we still have clouds. Maybe you could, I mean, you could just put those in to make it more comfortable in there. Just yeah. have a constant little drizzle on you. 
I, we, I do. We've moved on to um, fudge sickles. Oh yeah. It's, it's oh, I'm not lying. Good. Yeah, I keep uh, <laughs> keep the freezer stocked with popsicles and fudgicles. <laughs> it's the only thing that's getting me through this summer. <laughs> Brings me back to being a kid too. I'm like Roy. I got a new beer fudgicle? recipe. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Don't you touch my fudgicles. <laughs> those are not beer worthy. Those, those are, are, no, those are beer worthy, <laughs> but not my fudgicles. We can go to Wegmans and we can buy a pallet of fudgicles. But let's go. <laughs> I um, implore you to make uh, the blueberry oh. beer again this year because I, I really want to try that. I, we, one of our bartenders, Chris, sent us both uh, a message. Was that yesterday, two days ago? Mm-hmm. That they're releasing the Frankenberry again this year, which had been shelved. Uh, you need to have like a. I don't know. That's all I'm breakfast saying. Breakfast cereal beer <laughs> battle. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I have a bad story about that. One Frank time, like, yeah. Well, one time, my sister like ate a lot of it before school, and then she puked in the car on the way to school, and it was just like pink puke, oh. puke <laughs> and Frankenberry. So it's, I'll go. I'll go blueberry, and I'll go count chocolate, but no Frankenberry. Frankenberry, it is. Yeah, you just <laughs> you just need to find a uh, local one of your neighbors to build the brew a uh, Count Chocula, and you can have the trifecta. God, that would be so weird. It would. But it would be pretty cool. <laughs> it would be cool, but it would be best Halloween ever. Oh, it would be a sweet Halloween, literally. <laughs> they should make the two that they uh, stopped. Fruit brute. Oh yeah. That was the uh, sorry? Now I'm going. Yummy like, mummy. Y- Yummy Dang. mummy. There I don't think I. Those are cereals? Yeah. Mom. I don't think yeah. I ever had those. We're the red-headed stepchildren of the three monsters. Oh. Yeah, I don't think I don't remember those ones. So let's talk about the shelfie beer a little bit because I don't know how well people could really hear last week's episode <laughs> that was dedicated specifically to this beer. Um, so now that people can hear us a little bit better. Uh, so last week you released your collaboration beer, with the clowns from uh, Shelfies the Show, <laughs> our good friends Rob and uh, Curtis, and um, just let's since we're drinking it and enjoying some more of it, just tell us a little bit about it. Uh, pale ale, uh, New England style, Boston, uh, Boston beer, wicked for, for wicked Mister Rob Gas, uh, and so yeah, we we went oats, we went really high on oats. You know, we talked uh, with those guys, and and the two things that I remember Rob in the beginning saying was. Uh, Oats and a Zaka. Oats and a Zaka. I was like, all right, if you're asking for it. You just wander around saying that over and over again? For a while, yeah. (laughs) Oats and a Zaka. Oats and a Zaka. Oats and a Zaka. (laughs) It's like, all right, all right. So, we, yeah, we did uh, uh, 20, 21% oats, uh, about 10% wheat, uh, mostly pale after that. And then we uh, fermented with uh, Conan yeast, and we uh, dry hopped with a Zaka and uh, Citra. And uh, used a little uh, Columbus for bittering in the kettle. Uh, dropped out a bit, you know. It cleared up. I remember the last time when yeah, we were it was drinking. Definitely, it, definitely a, a bit hazier. Yeah, the uh, hazy, I guess is the proper the Conan event. You know, it's it, it with time. It seems to 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 precipitate out. It likes to drop out eventually. Um, but yeah, this is the last keg of it, so it uh, it is it's going to be gone to probably never never had again. Yeah, because as pointed out multiple times during uh, last week's show rob is already willing to cheat on you oh he already is i already <laughs> saw it he already announced he cheated on us what yesterday going frederick right yeah yeah well, well, right the, up here at Mon- it, uh, monoxy but uh, that was a uh, brewer's was... alley no he's cheating all around town <laughs> well is. i think it was a i think it was i don't know which brand they're doing it under this but... is uh, i guess a whitey's yeah collab. so it's yeah. with it's with whitey's yeah oh don't <clears throat> worry those guys the shelfies guys will definitely cheat we we had the talk i got the phone call we uh <laughs> at least rob... they called you it wasn't via text yeah no rob called me the next morning <laughs> and off a of messenger and he's I, I hear him in the background i didn't even know you could do this with this i i got that same <laughs> call because i had been messaging with him and curtis and curtis was like i i just i don't use my cell phone i just make calls through messenger and it was like an hour later i got the same phone call from him this is so cool this i didn't even know you could wicked. do this look at this i'm on facebook but i'm on a phone what is this <laughs> yeah it was uh, it was it was pretty awesome he called and was like i mean I know we talked, but you know, I, I, you, you wouldn't be mad if we, if we went and made a beer with somebody else. It's like, no, not at, not at all. 
Because we are going on another podcast, so. Um. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do some cheating. <laughs> the, um, yeah, those guys are characters. <laughs> they're fun. They're characters. Oh, I love those two. They're they're hilarious. <laughs> um, so what? Uh, I, I've asked a few of our guests, and it was sparked by an article I read. What is one? trend in craft beer that you just wish would go away you know uh, I, i'm gonna make a lot of enemies if i answer that one but just do it no one's listening <laughs> I, I graham turned the mics off <laughs> um, we can I, edit it out also you know, if you're I, worried about it we spent we spent 20 plus years trying to make clear beers and uh <laughs> you know i i've seen a lot of trends come and go go i've seen the fruit beer trend i've seen the you know most recently the sour trend which hasn't really um gone away but i think it's waned on a, a bit it um, seems to go in spurts mm-hmm. there um it looks like it's going to be the new ipa then it dies off for a little bit and then it there's another rush of sours but the how hazy can you get your beer just because you can't see through it or it looks like it's got brine shrimp, you know, swimming in it. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know if a beer tastes good, and a lot of them do taste good. Um, but, you know, you got to strain it through your teeth. So we'll see how long, <laughs> it, we'll see how long it sticks around. Yeah. I think um, possibly, too, the, what may kill that trend is I think there are some breweries doing that to hide uh, maybe not having the It's a bad... great way to hide your, uh, <laughs> exactly what you <laughs> said, your imperfections. I know. But saying that, though, I, I do love New England slash oh, yeah. hazy IPAs. So I, while I say that, I absolutely love that trend. So <laughs> get out. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go a completely different way. I'm going to say the trend that I uh, would love to see leave is uh, the Maryland government kind of getting in the way of of the brewing community in, in Maryland and in, in Baltimore. And uh, that's a trend that I hope to not see. I hope to not next year and the year after and the year after. Yeah, the same battle. Ha- have over. to go to Annapolis, have to spend time. I mean, we work every day. You know, we work every day. And to, to have to kind of go and to fight to – it's already hard enough to make a good beer that people want to drink, that people want to buy. And the trend of – kind of asking us to, oh, you can only sell so much. Oh, now you're going to have to do it like, oh, now you're going to have to sell it to somebody and buy it back from like, that is a trend that I would love to see go. I would be a huge fan if I never go to Annapolis again. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's beautiful people down there, but it's, I, I like to make beer. I like to be in the brewery. I don't particularly like to uh, just try to go to fight for what is, I think, our right to be able to, to sell, you know, a locally made product to local people and keep our money you know here do, do you guys distribute at all or are you all out of the tap room tap room and we self-distribute um so local oyster you know we distribute down to, to to those guys and it's you know it's it's us we don't we don't have a, a truck that pulls up and you know and, and and hauls it away we uh eventually once if we get larger and we will i mean everybody who brews i feel once you get to a certain size you don't want to own trucks and have mechanics on payroll and have, no, that's when the natural time when you go to a, to a distributor and that's where the distributor comes into play with five barrels, you know, and we're, it's just not a need to, yeah, it's just not a point where we're there yet. And to, to, it's a weird, it's a weird dichotomy. It, It has its place. Of course, you know, everybody else I know who gets to a certain size, they, they use a distributor. I mean, they're, I know a lot of distributors, they're great people. Uh, I don't want to be forced to buy my product back. Yeah, that is one of the most ridiculous, <clears throat> just convoluted things that I. It's re- just. If you crazy. replace the word beer and brewery with any other words, my buddy did it. He just replaced it with vacuum cleaner and <laughs> vacuum cleaner manufacturer, and you reread it, and you're like, that is even more insane, you know. <laughs> So hopefully that's, yeah, that's the trend. I don't want to stick on that for too long, but that's the one trend that I would love to see to see go in at least Maryland beer. Yeah, next um, next month we'll be having the comptroller on to talk about reform on tap and his efforts to try to help make better sense of 
the alcohol laws in Maryland. He stood up for us, so I, I, I give him kudos there. Yeah, he definitely went way out to stand up for Maryland breweries. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people brought a, a lot of great attention to the to the you know to what's happening. You know, it's, which is uh, good because the squeaky wheel is. <laughs> It's the attention. Yeah, yeah. It's not the right phrase, but yeah, cl- <laughs> <laughs> the squeaky wheel <laughs> gets the grease. Yeah, but uh, attention too. Yeah, all that. Uh, so, what is what's a trend that you would love to see more of? More smaller, smaller breweries with tap rooms opening up. I mean, I you know. You travel to different areas and you see different brewer, you know, brewery landscapes in essence. And uh, I really love small uh, breweries. I love to go in and see a, a two barrel kit. You know, I, I love it. And some other states, they'll allow you to have a small kit and then have a production facility outside of where you have a small kit in a tap room. And uh, that would be awesome. I would love to see more that you know a, a, a trend of more. You know, small breweries with with tap rooms. You know, supporting their local neighborhoods. Do you guys plan to eventually package, or do you like the just being well? Uh, speaking on both of those, um, we just got our crowler in two days ago. So, oh. um, even though we do a lot of growlers a week, um, now we've got our crowler machine. I was kind of on the fence about a crowler. But uh, I just took four or five days in Delaware and went to all the little breweries around there. Everybody's just selling the crap out of Crowlers. It, and it's, everyone it, has them now. And it's and it's cool because with the whole beer trading trend that's going on and, and you could just, like, whip out a Crowler from who knows where and just share it with a friend. I think it's a great thing. Uh, as a consumer, I absolutely love Crowlers because I um, – Last summer I moved, and before I moved, I gave away about a dozen growlers because I never keep one with me, and then I'll stop at a brewery, <laughs> and they have something that I want to take home with me. So, like, just uh, the other day, I was at Trogues, and I had Perfect. a collection of Trogues ones because I never would take one up with me, mm-hmm. but I got to bring a crowler of the delicious sour that I tried there. But I'm mad at them because they released a double mango ipa the day after i was there which one of my favorite beers ever made was a triple mango ipa that they did with pizza boy oh very. so i'm assuming the double mango one is probably close to as good but maybe about two-thirds as good yeah (laughs) all right mr math man um so do do you guys have anything coming up that you want to talk about to plug we can piggyback on that we just did our first sour huh? in waverly history so it took us two years but oh yeah um, you guys were you had just started it um mm-hmm. last wednesday you checked it was out. still circulating in the kettle yeah. when we did our first podcast yeah so it's in the tank now she's blooping away and uh we just bought Oh, 300 pounds of local peaches from our buddy Steve Marsh's farm. And we're going to puree the heck out of them. And so it'll be a, a, a peach goes, I think, when it comes out. Nice. When will that be out? Not too long. I'd give it a week or two. Cool. Any uh, events or anything you want to plug? or you, like, tell, um, Let my listeners know. Where, where can people find you? Uh, 1106, um, no, 1106, hmm? no, that's Brewers Art. 1625. 1625, <laughs> Union <laughs> Avenue. <laughs> we're, uh, we're, Hopefully uh, you're not driving home. <laughs> <laughs> we're a Union and a Clipper Mill, so if you go down the hill, uh, like you're going to the Pepsi plant, you make a left, and we're, we're right on the left-hand side uh, in Hamden, Woodbury area. And uh, your website what's the i had the url waverly brewing company.com and you're on all the typical social medias no we're on the face pages (laughs) i think friendster myspace 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 i've been updating we really don't get a lot of traffic out there that's crazy i've heard that it's popular i I don't spend much time on it but oh you should check out my page (laughs) it is be dazzled (laughs) so who does your um your branding and graphic design because it's it's very, and I mean this in like not as criticism. It's a very simple 
Like, uh, but it it's it's simple to the point though. Anytime you see a posting that you guys have done, it's instantly recognizable as Waverly. It, it's a very nice, clean oh, look that you guys use. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got three <clears throat> three marketing guys uh, in our in our cabal of uh, partners. So Nathan out west, he just moved to out west San Francisco area. Um, used to work for Under Armour, did a lot of wow. their. Uh, did so a lot he knows of what he's stuff. doing. He did our logo <laughs> a little bit. And, uh, and uh, uh, our other partners, Al and John, do a lot of uh, the marketing stuff. So if we have a quick pop-up, uh, Al will probably do it, put it on Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is. But any branding stuff usually comes from Nathan Al West. Yeah, and it, there had to have been someone who – because everything – is to the brand than when it's posted. Like it's like when I'm scrolling, I see some. Oh, there's a Waverly post, <laughs> which is good. Yeah, that's what we're shooting for. Yeah. So, and I think you're the first brewery I've had on that's run by a cabal. So that's also <laughs> cool. <laughs> that was a, you know, the first noun that popped. In my head. <laughs> well, I, I want to thank you, guy. Unless do you have anything else? Uh, Saturday, if. Uh, when are we coming? When's this podcast available? Um, I will probably try to get it out today. I mean, the people cool. watching live. Come out and- Saturday. We've got a special event, um, East Meets West, kind of. Um, we're doing um, a release of our new summer ale called Buddha Tooth, which is uh, tamarind and kefir lime. Light, about 5.5, drinkable, to wash down uh, the local oyster and our buddy John Carroll's uh, restaurant pop-up called Smoking Bowls. So he's doing um, doing a bunch of Asian crab cakes, I believe. Crab, and crab cake uh, steam buns. Yes. Oh, oh it's lunch. <laughs> time for lunch. <laughs> it is time for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, uh, so that should be fun. That's this Saturday. I think it starts at 4? Check your face pages. I would love to come to that, but I will um, be enjoying myself at a two-year-old's birthday party. Oh, awesome. <laughs> awesome. All right, gentlemen, well, thank you so much oh. for making the trip out to Frederick and sharing your beer and your story with me. Thanks for yeah. having us, Chris. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Cheers. 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 The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening.